So we're contrast, we're looking at contrast between the righteous and the wicked, and tonight we're going to look at the communication, and we'll see if, oh, if you didn't get a handout, raise your hand so we can hook you up. Digital copies are online uh, with the, the uh, social links and, and our website. Verse 13, those who are ensnared versus those who get free. Verse 13 talks about the wicked. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. Uh, I'm going to go fast because this is a big stretch, and, and you'll probably get a few sections that you're going to study out on your own tonight. The wicked get snared. Why? Well, they can't. They can't always watch what they say, and so they transgress with their lips, and they get caught in the lie. They don't tell the truth, and so they can't keep their lies straight. Now, it is interesting. This word snare shows up in Proverbs. Uh, You're going to see in chapter 6 and 12 that the mouth is a snare. Death is a snare in chapters 13, 14, and 18, and transgression is a snare in chapter 22 and 29. But the thing that's amazing to me is fear. Fear is a snare in Proverbs 29, verse 25. Uh, Have you ever noticed that? The things that can snare you, the things that can get you hung up, caught in life. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, that brings us to the just. The just, they just tell the truth, okay? They just tell the truth, and that's easier, right? You can keep your story straight if you just tell the same one all the time. If it's the truth, then you don't have to, keep, you don't have to worry about, you know, keeping track of your lies and who did you tell what to. No, the just shall come out of trouble. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 8 and verse 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The just shall come out of trouble. Uh, don't be lying with your mouth, and it goes better. It's amazing how liars always get caught, and everybody always figures out who the liars are. So liars get caught in their lies because they can't keep their lies consistent. That's your next set of blanks. Liars get caught. They get the rep of a liar because they can't keep their story straight. Psalms 59 verse 12 says, For the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips... Let them even be taken in their pride. Why does somebody lie? Well, because the truth isn't good enough for them, or they're ashamed, or they're embarrassed by the truth, and so they fabricate. What is, it's pride. Let them even be taken in their pride. Proverbs 5, verse 22. His own iniquities shall the wicked, shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of sins. And we talked about this, Proverbs 6, verse 2, talks about the mouth being a snare. Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. You know your mouth can get you into big trouble. Rehoboam's mouth got him in big trouble. Uh, You can read these stories, right? And I'll give you a couple of examples here. Jephthah got in big trouble with his mouth. You know, if I can kick some tail and take some names, as soon as I get home, first thing I'll do is I'll just slaughter whatever walks out the door of my house. Are you kidding? Moron with his mouth. His wa- you, you know the story. His daughter walks out the door. Saul, until I get my victory, nobody eats anything. And nobody told his son, Jonathan, anybody eats anything till I get my victory, they're a dead man. Nobody told Jonathan. Everybody is wore out. He finds a little honey gets it on a stick and eats it. 
gets, some, gets, gets that sugar rush. He got his, he's got his energy back. He can go get dad his victory. Saul's position, once Jonathan, you know, they have to, they have to do a lot before the Lord. And everybody knows what went down. That's why, that's why Saul did the lot the way that he did it. Is it me and my, is it my family? Is it me and Jonathan or is it Israel? And then Saul and Jonathan are taken. Is the, is the issue with me or is it with Jonathan's taken? Dad, I ate some honey on a stick. I guess I gotta die. Yeah, you gotta die. And thank God for some common sense in Israel and they wouldn't have it. We have, you, you have your victory today because of Jonathan and so they wouldn't let it go down. Saul got taken by his mouth. I love this one, the Jewish assassins, they're gonna take out Paul. In Acts 23, verse 14, and they came to the chief priests and elders and said, here's how we're taken by the words of our mouth, we have bound ourselves under a great curse that we will eat nothing until we have slain Paul. I wonder how skinny they got. (laughs) They were taken with the words of their mouth. They were snared with the words of their mouth. See, here's the problem. Luke chapter six, verse 45, tells you the root of the whole issue. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. What's in you is what comes out of you. And if the love and the truth of Christ is in you, if that's the treasure that's in your heart, well then that's what's gonna come out of you. If you find yourself lying all the time, that's, that's evident in your mouth, but it's rooted in the heart. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart. Did you know you can have an evil treasure in the heart? Out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. <clears throat> if what I'm holding in my heart is a lie, well then that's what's gonna come out of my mouth. I need the way, the truth, and the life. I need Jesus in my heart, amen? Uh, that's what we need. Okay, verse 14 talks about recompense. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. So there's a payday. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. His right speech produces right results for him. There is a payout. And the recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. So get this down in your notes. Your mouth brings a payout just as surely as your hands. Uh, there, are, there are people who make a living with, with speaking. I mean, they do that. You know, if you are industrious and you work hard and you work with your hands, you will get a paycheck. Well, you have the ability to ruin that, right? You can, with your mouth, actually destroy, it doesn't matter what your hands are doing, you could actually destroy your livelihood with your mouth. Uh, you, could make, you could make promises to people. You're gonna be surety for them and come to find out now you're on the hook for somebody else's problems and bad decisions and misfortune. Uh, you wanna be wise with your mouth. Uh, another principle here, I don't know if I put this in your notes, but a man shall be satisfied with the good, with good by the fruit of his mouth. One way that this can manifest is do you keep your word? Are, are you a, if you make an oath, do you keep that oath? Are you a keeper of your word? Do you live by your word? Now, the reverse is true as well, okay? You can, with your mouth, get ahead, or with your mouth, you can have problems. Proverbs chapter one, we saw this in the very first chapter. Therefore, they, 
shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. It's not us, it's them. It's not those who are following the Lord. It's those who are in wickedness following after evil. They shall eat the fruit of their own way. Chapter 13, verse 2, we saw it. We'll see it in the next chapter. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. Chapter 15, verse 4, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein, perverseness in your tongue, is a breach in the spirit. Which came first, the breach or the, or the perversion? I mean, which is it? I'll let you do the math on that. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Man, you can build people up with what you say. It can be life-giving. But perverseness in the tongue, perverseness therein, is a breach in the spirit. If there's a breach in your spirit, you're not gonna speak properly, are you? I just gave it away. Okay. Proverbs 18, verse 20, a man's belly shall be filled, it shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. There it is again. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Okay, so you can take that and compare it with James chapter three, in verses six through 12, you find out that the tongue has the ability to speak both sweet and bitterness. Uh, It can be literally set a fire of hell. Your tongue can be worse than a, than a viper. It can be a destroyer of lives. Uh, you know, this can happen a lot in junior high. People are just great friends, and then junior high hits, and then all of a sudden somebody's got a viperous, venomous tongue, and relationships are destroyed, and people can never have what they had before because a tongue killed that relationship. Okay, verse 15, let's look at the fool. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. So here, the righteous is speaking and somebody is receiving. That's wise. But the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. And so when we contrast, when we compare the fool versus the righteous, what's happening? The, 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 the comparison here, the contrast here is showing you one is listening and benefiting. The other one already knows everything. They're so smart, they don't have to listen to anybody. Wisdom speaking, but they know better. They're the smartest person that they know, and they're just going to do what they're going to do, the way they're going to do it, and, and somehow it's going to all work out marvelously. Nope, that never happens. And we've seen this principle already in our study in, in Proverbs, but here it here it is in a nutshell. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Chapter 16, verse 2 says, All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. Proverbs 14, verse 12. Here's the verse that we just keep bringing up. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I know what's right. I'm so smart. I'm not going to listen to wisdom. I've already got it all figured out. And it's a path to destruction. The person that will humble themselves and get counsel, here's what I'm thinking about doing in my life, or here's the direction I'm planning on going. What do you think about it? And when the wisdom is speaking, let me show you five reasons why you don't want to do that. Let me, let me talk to you out of my experience or out of my life. Uh, you know what? I made that same mistake. I mean, wisdom is speaking. The question is, is the wise listening or is the fool already convinced in his own mind? The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. So here again, just, I mean, 
examples abound, but Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, you can read the story in 2 Chronicles chapter 10. <coughs> you know, his dad, King Solomon, uh, he, he expected everybody to contribute to the kingdom. Uh, so there is work, there is taxes, there's, I mean, you're, you're going to help provide for the kingdom's larder, okay? So they come, you know, King Solomon, everybody loves King Solomon, they've, the, they, they've all prospered, but, but it seemed a bit much, and so they come to the sun and, and say, hey, can you ease up? Can we get a tax break? Uh, do we, can, maybe we can lower the, 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 the amount of mandatory service. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe we could just ease up a little bit. And he says, okay, get, you know, go your way, come back again, let me, let me take counsel. And so the old men say, cut them a break, speak kindly to them, man, they'll have your back. And then he goes to the young men, and the young men, they're cocky, they want to make a mark in the kingdom. And they told Rehoboam, you tell them when they come back that my, you know, your, your pinkies, your, your finger is thicker than your father's thigh and, and uh, you felt chastised under him. I'll chastise you with scorpions. What do you think about, in other words, I'm, you know, you think it was bad under my father. I'm bad to the bone, y'all. You know, you're going you're, you're gonna to wish you never brought this up. And so what he's thinking he's going to do is really show the people how they belong under his thumb. And this foolishness was to his own and his kingdom's ruin. Uh, the kingdom divided because the fool's way was right in his own eyes. How many, what a beautiful picture, what a horrible picture that is. What an incredible picture that is. How many relationships are destroyed because somebody won't listen their way is right in their own eyes and they can't compromise. They can't work out a problem. They can't humble themselves and receive somebody. It's the way of the fool. Verse 16, a fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth shame. Again, Rehoboam in Israel. Once his wrath is known, it's a rupture with Israel. A fool's wrath is presently known. Why? Well, chapter 29, verse 11 says, a fool uttereth all his mind. Well, that's the problem with fools. Everybody can find out because they just talk. <laughs> they reveal themselves. They tip their hand. But a wise man keepeth it in until, right, till afterward. 13.10, only by pride cometh contention, but with well-advised is wisdom. Uh, Rehoboam's listening to the young men, and, and as such, because he's listening to the young men, the contention ruptures the relationship. 3 verse 7, be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, depart from evil. 26 12, seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There's more hope of a fool than him. So the ability to listen to people is critical, isn't it? Isn't it critical? Somebody comes with a problem. This is what, you know, most, in most, okay, so most of the time in relationships, when somebody has a problem with you, they're not going to come to you in the wisest way because they're where they're at. They're at the level of their development. They have their life experiences, and what they'll do is they'll come to you, and it'll sound something like, um, and, and maybe they're super sweet in how they communicate it, but it'll come across like, I have a really big problem with you. 
That's what you're going to hear. And what that's going to do is provoke your flight or fight response. How many know what I'm talking about? So maybe it's a, maybe it's a marriage relationship. And, um, you know, one of the ways that your wife feels love um, knows that you, you know, if she can see that you care about her, she's going to feel some love uh, if you would just take out the trash. And, and maybe this was all pre-negotiated up front. And she said something along the lines of, hey, let's have some division of labor. And if you'll mow the lawn and take care of the house, I'll take out the trash and I'll do whatever. You, you, you had this deal, but, but really what would happen is, is if you would take out the trash for her, that would show that she cares. And, and then she's kind of got this built up in her mind that, that, that you, you know, she got it all bundled up. It's sitting at the top of the stairs. Honey, could you take out the trash. The problem is, is you're watching your show. And it's good. It's a good show. It's interesting. And so you, you, you say what you know you're supposed to say in a minute. Absolutely. I'm going to, I love you. Why wouldn't I take out the trash for you? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Of course, honey. Uh, in a minute, I'm almost done here. The problem was, is, you know, the show is so good, you got to thinking about it while the commercial break was on. And then the show came right back on. And you're just caught up in the moment of it, and, 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 and your heart is with your wife. I mean, you're there. You're going to, one of these days, you're going to take that trash out. You know you are. You, I mean, you're locked in because she's worth it. But it's not a function of time for you. It's just the, it's just the well, it's really the intent. <laughs> That's everything you intend to do it. So she ought to feel that love. Well, the problem is she didn't. And after the third or fourth commercial break, she's like, what is your, fine, I'll take the trash out myself. Whoa, 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 what's wrong? It's like, I just asked for one thing. You couldn't even do one thing. You see what's happening? Okay, so she's pointing out an error, and it provokes your fight or flight. And what are you going to do now? How are you going to respond? How are you going to respond? I mean, half of you, your response automatically is like, come at me, bro. I mean, you're like ready to throw down. <laughs> you're ready to go to war. So somebody comes to you and it's gonna, they've got, a, they got some problem, they've got some issue and it's gonna sound like, I got a really big problem with you and it's all your fault. It provokes your fight or flight response and you respond one of two ways. Talk to the hand or, no, you're the monster and let me give you 50 reasons, why, you know, whatever. And the relationship ruptures because people can't just listen. They won't humble themselves and, and try to understand where this person is at, where they're coming from. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. The people that God puts in our lives, let's, let's just, can we just trust the Lord to do a better job of listening to each other? and hearing one another. I've said this to our growing leaders multiple times over the years. I don't get to despise Taylor if Taylor, from my perspective, could be saying something stupid or it's dangerous or it's a problem. Uh, it's the wrong direction, whatever it is. But he's convinced of it. 
Well, I don't get to despise that position until I actually understand why he's convinced of it. In other words, a dialogue needs to take place because maybe Taylor has data that I don't have. And for me to presume that Taylor's a moron before I've heard the whole matter, well, that's foolish on my part. I'm the moron. Does that make sense? How arrogant to dismiss somebody out of hand whenever they have a perspective, they've got a view, they've got experience, they're seeing what they're seeing, until you understand them, until you know where they're coming from, until you have their perspective, how do you know they're not right and you're wrong? <laughs> but you know, you know how we're hardwired. Of course I'm right, everybody else is wrong, because I'm me. Okay, good luck with that. I'll let you study out the example of somebody that didn't listen. Uh, you know, Shimei, First Kings chapter two, he had a death coming. King Solomon had grace but knew how it was gonna come down. But anyway, you, you can study that out. Verse 17, let's talk about truth versus lies and our need to watch our mouth. He that speaketh against truth showeth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. Again, the just, they just tell the truth. That's easier to keep straight. So this is how we started. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. We'll just stick with that, okay? That's the safe route. But here's somebody that has a false witness, and so they are practicing deceit, deception. And this is one of seven things that God hates that's abomination to the Lord. 6 verse 19, he hates, it's an abomination to the Lord, a false witness that speaketh lies. He that soweth discord among brethren. 14.5, a faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. They'll manufacture evidence. They will tell a lie in order to accomplish an objective, and God hates it. 14.25, a true witness delivereth souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. Okay, you have your own relationship with the Lord, and you've worked it out with the man upstairs. I don't want to fight with you. No. There is only one name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. At some point, we've got to tell people the truth. 19.5, a false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. Every lie will be revealed. 12.17, he that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. What's coming out of our mouth? Is it truth? Or is it convenient lies? Continues verse 18, there is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, when they speak, it's destruction, it cuts, it hurts. But the tongue of the wise is health. Okay, this is one of several there is proverbs, right? There is this and there is that. Okay, and so I give you that. You can study that out on your own time. But here's what we need to see from verse 18. Your words can either kill or heal. You're either, your words can either hurt or help. That's what your tongue will produce in the lives of other people. Again, James chapter three. The tongue can be set afire of hell. It can be deadly poisonous. In Psalms 52, 57, 59, 64, you see how the tongue is described and the imagery is razors, spears, arrows, and swords. These are things that are used to kill people, to destroy people and the tongue is right there with them. 
So you can either destroy relationships and lives with your mouth, that's your next set of blanks, or you can heal. You can either destroy or you can heal. Proverbs 4, verse 20, my son, attend unto my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings, because my tongue is working, my mouth is speaking. Let them, my words, not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. Watch this now, verse 22. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. So you get, you get to be a part of the Ephesians 4 edifying of this local church. You can be part of building life into this body. Uh, Ephesians 4, verses 15 and 17. You can speak the truth in love, right? Or, I'm sorry, 15 and 16. You can speak the truth in love and build up, edify the body of Christ. Your mouth can be life-giving. Verse 29, here's the command. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. If what I'm saying isn't building you up, I probably shouldn't say it, right? That's, uh, I gotta be very careful. You gotta be very careful. That which is edifying, the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. When people see you coming, if in their heart it's, oh no, what's wrong now? There's something wrong with your mouth. And as we saw, it's because something's wrong in the heart. Verse 19, the lip of truth shall be established forever. How many want a lip of truth? The, the lip of truth shall be established forever. I just, I, that's just cool. But a lying tongue is but, is but for a moment. Liars don't last. They get fired. <laughs> they, they lose their relationships. Uh, we're running out of time. I'll let you check the cross-references. Verse 20, deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil, but to the counselors of peace is joy. Uh, 26, 24 says, he that hateth dissembleth with his lips and layeth up deceit within him. He's imagining evil, so he's manufacturing lies. But here is the counselor of peace. They bring joy into the lives of people. This is what Jesus said about them. Matthew chapter five, verse nine. Blessed are the peacemakers. They're not always stirring up trouble. They're helping to resolve conflict and trouble. We're all worth, if God's worth being right with and getting along with, so are his children, right? And so this, this pleases God's heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Verse 21. There shall no evil happen to the just, but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. The just, in other words, no harm comes to them from God, okay? God's not gonna hurt the just for being just. That's not gonna happen. But the wicked, okay, God's perspective is they're filled with mischief. Um, And here's one area, gossip. Man, the, the wicked run their mouth on other people, about other people. Gossip is a big problem, and they bring harm to the just. God's not gonna bring evil to the just, but man, gossipers sure do hurt the just. And Psalms 37 is a great comfort for anybody that's been done wrong, done wrong by others, right? Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Uh, verse five, commit thy way to the Lord, trust in him, he's got you. Rest in the Lord, verse seven, wait patiently for him. Uh, don't, fret, don't fret yourself over people running on you. And you see that in Esther chapter seven. We keep going back to that example of looks like Haman's going to get away with destroying everyone and everything and and uh, now God's God's got it all in control first Peter 3 13 who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good they'll try but it's not going to work not forever 
God's got you. Verse 22, lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but, he that, but they that deal truly are his delight. Okay, this brings us to the LFBI theme verse for taking tests. Don't lie. Don't cheat, right? A false um, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. So if you read the book, say you read the book. If you didn't read the book, if you didn't do the work, don't lie and say you did. Uh, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. And again, this is one of the seven things that God hates that's an abomination to him, right? Again, 619, a false witness that speaketh lies. God hates that. Why? Well, think about who God is. Deuteronomy 32, 4, God is the rock. His work is perfect. All his ways are judgment. Who is he? A God of truth without iniquity. Just and right is he. Um, have you heard of... Um, have you heard of Machiavelli? Anybody check him out maybe in history? Machiavelli, somebody who's Machiavellian, basically that's short, shorthand for they're a liar, okay? They're a lying liar. Okay, so Machiavelli, he had lying lips. This is, uh, this, he, John Phillips just gives this example of Machiavelli's life. What he did was, he said lying was a proper instrument of statecraft. If you're, if, you're, if you're dealing with other nation states and you're not lying, you're not doing your job right. And so he basically pioneered modern po- politics. <laughs> and uh, he wrote The Prince and Discourses that talked about how to implement successful treachery. It was never intended for publication. It was written in 1513 for someone who had just overthrown their republic and but the book got published, got let loose on the world, he said, in 1532, five years after Machiavelli's death, and it took Europe by storm. It was translated into every European language and became the statesman's Bible. <laughs> it got, speaking of Machiavelli, Thomas Cromwell, you probably heard that name, in his unscrupulous service of Henry VIII, it inspired, um, well, it inspired a whole lot of betrayal. It inspired a whole lot of, of lying. It inspired Napoleon, Hitler, Stalin in their duplicities and atrocities. Solomon wrote, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. He was wiser and shrewder than the crafty Italian writer and statesman. Machiavelli died in exile and dishonor after a life of disappointment. He was distrusted by everyone. Well, I wonder why. Well, he went through life lying to everybody. Thomas Cromwell, right, he lied and cheated for Henry VIII. His life ended on a gallows. Um, Hitler commits suicide. Stalin's memory is forever cursed. And then he ends with, with this. Though the mills, this, 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 this proverb, okay, though the mills of God grind slowly, says the English proverb, yet they grind exceedingly small you're not gonna get away with it. So what's our prayer? Psalms 120 verse two, deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. We need to beware. And again, Matthew 12, what, it's out of your heart, that's what you're gonna speak. I'll let you check out the cross-reference. Again, we need Christ. We need the way, the truth, and the life, right? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But, just because you know what's true doesn't mean you always have to say what's true. Sometimes wisdom says keep your mouth shut. Now again, if it's the gospel, we're not talking about that. But I may know, you know, I, I, I may know that 
you know, Miles pulled a big boo-boo, and it's true, and I know. That, mean, that doesn't mean I have to now, you know, I gotta, I gotta speak the truth, and so I'm just gonna lay Miles out in front of everyone. Man, love covers a multitude of sins. As long as Mike, Miles is moving forward, I don't have anything to say, do I? Just because you know something, a prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. You don't have to tell everything you know, even if it's true, right? Use your head. God gave it to you so you'd have some common sense. A talebearer revealeth secrets and it destroys lives. 29.11, a fool uttereth all his mind. You know those people that just can't shut up? They gotta tell you everything that's running through their head. Uh, mm, have some wisdom. Not everything that's in your head should come out of your mouth. Amen? Um, turn to your neighbor and tell them. Watch what you say. Father, dismiss us with your blessing. Help us to be wise with our mouth, we pray in Jesus' name. God, I pray that our mouths would be a tree of life. Lord, our, our mouths as a tree of life, I mean, how does that work? Lord, let your words, let the word of Christ be on our lips. In him was life, and life was the light of men. Lord, let the way, the truth, and the life, let the word of Christ be on our lips. Lord, I pray that we'd be a, we'd be a company of peacemakers, of truth-tellers, of encouragers. Lord, that uh, our mouths would be edifying to the hearer. That, Lord, you'd be glorified. Bless my brothers and sisters with this wisdom. Bless me with it. We want to do good work with our mouth. We ask for your help for this. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.